Welcome to Modia's Diary. Today's date is 9th of December 2020 and our guest speaker is Olabisi Adilaja. She'll be speaking about the theme mental health awareness and coping coping mechanisms. It's an extension of uh, the first episode mental health awareness. This December, we're just going to prioritize on mental health awareness. Everything you need to know. First and foremost, mental health disorder. A wide range of conditions that affect the mood, the thinking, and behavior of an individual. So let's listen to her and come back for our conclusions and review. Thank you. Hello, my name is Alavisi, and it's nice to meet you. I would like to thank Franca for reaching out to me on LinkedIn and asking me to be a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. The topic I'll be talking about today is mental health and coping mechanisms. Let me start with what is mental health. I mean, we hear people talk about the word mental health. Yeah, people say I'm struggling with my mental health. My mental health is on the low. I'm having issues with my mental health. What exactly is mental health? What exactly does it mean? Well, mental health is an integral and essential component of health. According to the World Health Organization, health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. I mean, this definition from World Health Organization explains to us that Mental health is more than just the absence of mental mental health disorders or disabilities. I mean, mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities can cope with the normal stress of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Mental health is fundamental to our collective and individual ability as humans to think, emote, interact with each other, earn a living and enjoy life. On this basis, the promotion, protection and restoration of mental health can be regarded as a vital concern of individuals, communities and societies throughout the world. And now that we know what mental health is, and we have an idea of what, men- what mental health means, I mean, we have mental health, we have our physical health, our emotional health, financial health, yeah, if there's anything like that. So they all have different definitions, and now that we know what mental health definition is, so what are mental illness? We know what mental health means, so what are mental illness? Mental illness. Well, I mean, if you ask a an African person in Nigeria, well, let me bring it back to Nigeria. If you ask a Nigerian person on the street what a mental illness, automatically they assume you are mad or you are mental or <laughs> you should be somewhere in one Babalawi's place or in the hospital receiving care. So, yeah, most... Well, we still have a long way to go into to actually explain to these people what some of these things means. But okay, so let's find out what the definition of mental illness is. Mental illness, also called mental health disorders, refers to a wide range of mental health conditions, disorders that affect your mood, thinking, and behavior. 
Examples of mental illness include depression, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, eating disorders, and addictive behaviors. So, when we say someone has mental illness, example of mental illness includes depression. When you are depressed, your mental health is, you're really struggling with your mental health. You mean to have mental illness. You see, when, when we don't take care, it's just like our body. When we don't take care of our body, it results into something. It results into something in the long run and it's it's detrimental to our health. Same with our mental health. When we take our mental health, well, when, we do, when we take it for granted, and in the long run, it causes depression, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, eating disorders and addictive behaviors and when these things happen it's so difficult to get out of them it's so very difficult i don't know if so very is not contradicting but it is quite difficult to get out of them that's when you see that people really need help the people really need to talk to someone they are on antidepressants and a whole lot of other things i'm sure we've, we've heard the word depression we've heard people being depressed Red people having anxiety disorders, like the anxiety is so bad. All these are causes of mental illness. So, do we prioritize mental health? What are the determinants of mental health? Do we prioritize mental health? So I think I should start with what are the determinants of mental health now that we know what mental illness is. So what are the determinants of mental health? A lot of things, a lot of factors determine the state of our mental health, determines the state of a person's mental health. So determinants can be from multiple social, multiple social, psychological and biological factors determine the level of mental health of a person at any point of time doesn't necessarily have to be social it could be psychological doesn't necessarily have to be psychological it could be biological factors so for example violent and persistent socio-economic pressures are recognized risks to mental health the clearest evidence is associated with sexual violence i actually i think it's not actually i think that in this country especially i'm talking about nigeria now but then i think it's it's related to other country too we we see this risk and we we see this risk we encounter these pressures but then we we do not take them serious yeah because we believe it's part of um it's part it's part of everyday life it's part of our 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 life our thing like you mean going through undue stress going through undue pressure from work from family from workplace from your government in fact i mean barry is literally giving all of us depression in this country with the current way things are running so i mean anything anything could be anything basically that opposes as a as a threat as a risk 
could affect our mental health. But the clearest evidence, clearest evidence is associated with sexual violence. Poor mental health is also associated with rapid social change, stressful work conditions, gender discrimination, social exclusion, unhealthy lifestyle, physical ill health, and human rights violations. The specific psychological and personality factors that make people vulnerable to mental health problems. Biological risks include genetic factors. So, there are a whole lot of things that poses as a risk to our mental health, ranging from stressful work conditions, I mean, you've been stressed to work all the time, or yeah, you've been discriminated for being a, for being a woman, for mostly being a woman, yeah, because I mean, this is Africa. If if we're, if we're looking at um, gender discrimination, men are hardly discriminated. I am not excluding men, and neither neither am I excluding their struggles. What I'm saying basically is, this is in our own continent, in our own region, in our state. Women are basically at the other end of the gender discrimination. So all these things poses as a risk, and yeah, they they are, they all affect the mental well-being of of a human. Human now, I'm talking about both male and female. And then social exclusion, when you feel left out. Most of these things, most of these things affect the mental health, which in turn, which in turn results to um, having to battle with men- mental illnesses. I mean, when you struggle with all these things, you start, you think yourself into depression, you start having anxiety disorders start having um schizophrenia like your voices you can get voices out of your head eating disorders and addictive behaviors just to get yourself out of whatever situation or whatever whatever pressure that you're feeling at the moment so back to the other question do we prioritize mental health you see like i said at the beginning of of my of my talk of my speech do we prioritize mental health? I'm going to give you guys a second to think about it. Like, ask yourself: Do we really prioritize mental health in this in this in this country, or do I, as a person, do I place emphasis on on my mental health and the mental health of others? Or when I hear the word mental health, what comes to my mind first? Do I think it's something of high priority, or do I think it's something that I just look at and say, Ah, who is this one? Is this not the beginning of madness or are your village people not after you? I mean when you hear the word like when you hear people say mental mental health struggles, I'm struggling with mental health, I have mental illness. I mean it's 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 just I mean you can't with the way things are, with the way things have been set set up, hardly will you find someone just tell another person that ah, I have mental illness because automatically ah have madness near why are you talking to me why are you not in a psychiatrist hospital change to the bed already <laughs> it gets so do we prioritize mental health in my opinion i i think we still have a long way to go especially in the african society when it comes to mental health awareness 
people don't believe that some of us battle with our mental health people have mental health struggles but are afraid and shy to open up to others because yes i am struggling with mental health and then you get things like why what is wrong with you what are you bothered about there's just you have jesus in your life you cannot be depressed <laughs> you have jesus in your life you cannot be struggling with your mental health you have you have a family that you have to be strong for why are you struggling with your mental health so when or i'm put away you struggling with your mental health and you just look at them one kind like well even myself i have issues and you don't see me talking about it or yeah people try to downplay you tell people you have mental health like you're struggling with your mental health and then trying to downplay your your let me let me see you them trying to downplay whatever this is talking about and tell you that people may say if i have this i have that so why people don't actually open up to others is um and they're afraid and shy to open up to others to talk about it it's because um why why do they do this one for fear of being judged or seen as insane i mean i tell you i'm struggling my mental health and just look at me like i see you know my village people have village people have come and attack the person with madness <laughs> and this the stigmatization that comes with it is is abysmal i mean it's it's just crazy like you open up to, to a person someone i think it's a close friend or something i think it's like an older friend and then they look at you i'm not well don't get me wrong i'm not saying that everybody is like that but then i'm saying that in this in this part of the world we do not place much priority on other 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 people's mental struggles we do not we do not place priority in them we feel it's something that you can just rough it or stuff it up there are people who actually understand who understand that okay it's it's a part of life people go through things so many factors so many pressures so many pressure a rough childhood childhood trauma so many things can cause it but then a large number i repeat a large number of people still see it as um as weird like why would you have anything that has to do with your brain you automatically think if something is wrong with you up there it is wahala <laughs> yeah and so so for fear of being judged as soon as insane they keep these things to themselves the stigmatization that comes with it is well. and yes a black person has jesus and she never should never have mental issues i mean you have jesus in your life why should you have mental issues and whatever why is a black man having a white man disease why should you have mental <laughs> mental health struggles or mental health issues it's, it's just funny and it's not actually really funny like funny like a call like watching a comedy show but it's really bothersome people are going through conflicting emotions with little honest support from the society like i'm going through a whole lot and there's little honest support from society from people that i care about people they're supposed to watch out for me i think it's it's actually high time we we stop um we we stop looking at this issue as something 
has um we should stop looking at, at at this issue as something that that nobody should ever struggle with nobody should ever struggle with like we, we someone says it and we discard it or read about it and we discard it it's high time we start paying attention not for ourselves you might not be but then someone close to you is actually going through it so it will give you a better understanding of how to better manage the situation before referring to the, the person to a qualified personnel that can better handle it but then there, for every person who is going through this thing their first port of call is their close friend or a close family member that they feel like i can confide in then you if you don't have an understanding of what the person is going through doesn't mean you should know everything but at least have that compassion have that understanding that okay i do not know what you're going through right now but you can talk to me and then we can find a qualified person for you to talk to if you don't have an understanding of what the person is going through all you just going to say is you have jesus you're not supposed to have mental issues you're not supposed to have mental issues so like that's why i said it's it's really bothersome because people are going through conflicting emotions with little or no support from the society so we hear stories of people who commit suicide who overdose who inflict injuries on themselves who try to take their own lives when we see year already stories we ask ourselves why you're on your phone you're scrolling through yeah it's into one year old boy jumps into the lagoon a middle a teenager or it's a teenage girl um cuts herself and bleeds to death we hear we hear these things or a 60 year old person committed suicide and then we ask ourselves why why do you want to die and why will anybody want to die yeah barry is but Barry is mean to all of us. He's a bully. The country, the economy is hard. Things are really hard. But why would anyone want to commit suicide? I mean, why? See, all of us cannot be in this life and just suffer together. Suffer this, suffer together. You know, lots of questions, lots of rhetorical questions that we ask ourselves. Like, why? Is that no madness? Why would you want to kill yourself? Why would anyone even carry blood and start cutting themselves? I mean, why do you want to see your own blood? Why? What pleasure does it give you? no madness i mean i'm sure you can relate you you've probably done it once or twice when you see this then and you're like why will anyone to kill themselves why is that no madness these are some of the comments and rhetoric questions to ask ourselves but you see you can't understand the situation if you don't understand the why behind some of these actions it's easy to judge and assume that people who struggle with their mental health are being followed by their village people or something is wrong with them or something is doing them one kind one kind <laughs> and they have to do all those things you know i used to be part of those people that um a long time ago we used to say that so i mean why would you want to commit suicide or it's even it's even really pisses me off a lot when i hear stories of rich people wealthy people successful people commit suicide like i mean there was a time this comedian this hollywood actor robin williams i mean this man made people laugh he's a comedian he makes people laugh he's yeah i mean he's rich he's successful he has a wonderful career that has spanned 
over the years and then you know the thing is when they like committed suicide and you know within really, i was quite interested in that story because in my head i was like why will someone that is always that has made so many people up that has been source of inspiration to so many people want to commit suicide i mean he had money he had stuff but as i grew older started to i started to realize that there's more to it i mean there's more to having money there's more to being successful there's more to being a well-respected member of the society there's more to all these things that we see like there's more and beyond and so we cannot understand why if we don't understand the situation like the example i gave robin williams for example he was going through a whole lot but for because of the kind of character he portrays success supposed to be the successful comedian successful actor and people don't even understand okay this person might be going through a lot this person might be going through issues and that's i said mental health issues is not something mental health like struggling with your mental health or having a mental illness is not something that should not be taken serious it is not a death sentence it is not a death sentence yet it's not something that should be taken as inconsequential and something that we should be indifferent about so that's why i said you can't understand that situation if you don't understand the why behind some of these actions it's easy to judge and assume that people who struggle with their mental health have village people wala or have village people issues no it goes beyond that so prevention how do we prevent mental illness like okay mental health mental health struggle mental health illness mental illness or join how do i prevent it from happening to me because i don't want to be depressed i don't want to have anxiety disorders i don't want to be hearing voices in my head i don't want this i don't want that how do i prevent it there is no sure way to prevent mental illness however if you have a mental illness taking steps to help to control stress to increase your resilience and to boost low self-esteem may help keep your symptoms under control i mean what steps are you taking to prevent this what steps are you taking to be a better person to have a quote and unquote normal life i mean it's not like there's one thing to do to prevent it you know like you have malaria and they give you malaria drugs so mental when you have mental illness and when you're struggling with it it's not one sure way to prevent it but there are steps and there are factors for you to deal with it so which brings me to the subtopic coping mechanisms i mean the topic of this the topic of this episode is um mental health and coping mechanisms so discussed about mental health discussed about mental illness now talking about coping mechanisms since there's no sure way to prevent it what are the adopted coping mechanisms that one can use when it comes to you struggling with your mental health or when you have mental illness so one 
what are coping mechanisms coping mechanisms are the strategies people often use in the face of stress and or trauma to help manage painful or difficult emotions coping mechanisms can help people adjust to stressful events by helping them maintain their emotional well-being there are two different types of coping mechanisms i mean we sound around the world coping mechanisms a lot and i i'm sure people say okay this is what helps me deal with this This is what helps me manage this situation this is what helps me better understand this but yeah coping mechanisms but there are two different types of coping mechanisms there's the active coping and avoidant coping active coping this type of coping involves an awareness of the problem or situation causing stress like okay i have a problem i am aware that this is what is causing my problem i am aware that this emotion is what is causing my problem and giving me stress i'm aware that it's my work environment i'm aware that it's my family i'm aware that it's my childhood trauma that is giving me this that's causing me this problem okay what do i want to do I'm going to make a conscious attempt to reduce this resulting stress or eliminate the source of stress or even do both. That is active coping. Like you face it, it's like facing your demons and say, today to deal eh, is me and I and I'm going to win. I am ready to face it no matter how painful it might be, no matter how hurt it might be for me, no matter how difficult it might be for me today is today i'm facing you and i'm going to deal with it so that is <laughs> active coping like you face it you want to eliminate it like you know enough is enough i want to have a normal life well normal is relative i want to have a normal life i don't want to deal with this anymore i want to eliminate the source I want to reduce the stress that comes with it. Or I even want to do both. Eliminate and reduce. Reduce, eliminate, cut off, destroy, whatever. I am the actor. You are the boss. An actor always wins. So, that is active coping. Then the second one is avoidant coping. You see, this avoidant coping, I think a lot of us, directly or indirectly, we we adopt avoidant coping because avoidant coping is when but wait before i go into detailed explanation let me read out what avoidant coping means avoidant coping may or may not be accompanied by an awareness of the problem but there are no active attempts to reduce stress or eliminate the problem instead those engaging in avoidant coping will ignore or avoid the problem altogether they may be aware that there is a problem or they may be in denial about the problem so a lot of us a lot of us directly or indirectly we adopt avoidant coping when it comes to coping mechanisms we we say okay i have this problem but let me just hide it somewhere i just want to hide it somewhere i don't want to deal with it i don't want to deal with it i it's ah no 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 it's too painful no no or 
yeah so you have a point you're like no you keep lying to yourself like no i have a problem and you should you just stuff it down there you just push it push it push it push it push it down there like i want to forget about it you are aware that there is a problem but then you're not even making any attempt to want to reduce the stress or eliminate the problem like the origin you just want to forget about it you don't want to deal with it you think it's just too much stress it's too much pain it's too much discomfort it's too much hurt it's too much trauma to relieve those memories and you just want to push them down there you don't even want to talk about it people ask you people that are aware of the situation want to ask you and you're like no there's nothing nothing ever happened and this one is really really dangerous it is really 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 dangerous okay to better understand avoid and coping let me give an example using myself let me tell you a short story see i had what is called a bitter sweet childhood i think it was more of sweet than bitter but yeah english is bitter sweet see at a very young age i was first to become an adult and i mean i was supposed to become an adult yeah the first child then at as early as 12 13 i'd already become an adult like having to care for others and i mean having to care for others like everybody looked up to or looked up to me as not just a role model but someone who had to be strong for the whole family i mean i was just a, a teenager starting out my life I just wanted to crush on guys, read my romance <laughs> novels, and just, yeah, just listen to music, go to school, read my books. I wasn't ready for picking up adult responsibilities. So, at, at a very young age, and as I grew older, I was a victim of sexual abuse, physical abuse, and emotional abuse. I think that emotional abuse is, is something that most of us can relate to well, while growing up. Our parents, directly or indirectly, they, directly or indirectly, they abused us emotionally. And either when they were going through things, they said hurtful words to us, which really would stuck. And they definitely did some things, like say some hurtful things to us. So yeah, I was a victim of that was sexual, physical and emotional abuse. And as my own way of forgetting it, I adopted avoidant coping because I kept saying to myself, it never happened. It didn't happen. All those awful words that was thrown at me over the years, I just tried to ignore them. So I think all these things, you know, I think it actually cause yeah, I suffered and I still suffer from anxiety and I battle my self-esteem well you see I think I adopted avoidant coping it wasn't something that was intentional but I adopted it because even if I wanted to talk to someone about it there was no one I could talk to my my parents were very strict especially my mom well I grew up with my grandma but yes the same thing same family they were very very strict so they were not exactly understanding it's not just i would just go to my mom's room and say ah mom while i was young oh someone really said 
these things to me and i felt i feel i felt i was abused emotionally or the physical abuse just taking out hunger on me and beating me to stupor was really nice and it affected me Mm? i'm going to get double punishment for even having the guts to come and say those things because then she'll be like we are training you to be a better person yeah the first child you should not disappoint us so there's nobody really that i could confide in or talk to feel like i grew up with angry adults everybody was just angry so i mean so even when i i was i was there i'd grown up a little bit still in my teenagers 16 and I just walked up to my mother and said, Mom, I just got raped. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure she would have slapped me first before asking me that. What were you wearing? Why did you visit the man? And followed with intense beating. So, my family were exactly the kind of people that I could confide in or I could sell stuff to. So, when i i got raped i i had to deal with it myself like i just stopped it down they're like okay we're not going to talk about this i'm going to keep it to myself it never happened it was my fault i was the one that went to visit and whatever happened to me was my fault i mean i was wearing a gown when i should have worn a rambuba when i should have worn about 16. so it's all my fault so i just stuffed it down in whatever black hole that i could never to be seen again because it was better to live with it than open up to her or anyone and even before i was raped i was dealing with physical and emotional abuse so it was better to live with it than open up to her or anyone i mean for a long time i chose to forget ev- about everything i healed myself and myself was all my fault well i thought i healed so whatever abuse i faced i just told myself obviously it is your fault obviously you're such a bad girl obviously just disappointed yourself and your family and a whole lot of other things i kept selling myself blaming myself was my whole way of healing like i avoided touching the issue i avoided discussing it i avoided facing the problems I lived with that for years without telling one, without telling anyone about it. I mean, it happened to me when I was a teenager, and now I'm in my mid twenties, and I never ever told anyone about it. Sorry, I'm in my late twenties, and I never told anyone about whatever it is that I felt over the years. So avoiding it and forgetting about it was my own coping mechanism. It was a dangerous one, but that was the only way I could have a normal life. And I'm sure I have, I, I'm not the only one, neither will I be the only one that adopts this mechanism. Because we, we don't believe that those who are around us, or those, who are so, those we are surrounded with, are going to judge us. And they will even make the matter worse and make it look like it was your fault. So why should I even bother myself facing the problem when I can just myself it was all my fault and just forget about it and yeah that was what i did because it was so bad yeah it was a dangerous one but that was the only way 
I could have a normal life. It was dangerous forgetting about it, not discussing with anyone, having to deal with it all by myself. And for years, that was what I did. I mean, I chose to forget, but I still struggle with other things that came about as a result of those incidents. Because at a point, I had forgotten that I was a rape victim. I had forgotten, or I had forgotten that um, a lot of things happened in my childhood. I forgotten because yes because it was that bad you know when when you choose to just forget something and you just stuff it down like you just want to forget about it and then you've been lying to yourself for so long that it was your fault it's your fault and you don't even know if it really did happen or it's all in your head so I forced those unpleasant memories alongside my unpleasant childhood memories down the black hole of my mind. Whatever unpleasant memories I had growing up, whatever unpleasant memories I had as a young girl, as a teenager, as an adult, I just kept stuffing them down. I just kept stuffing them down that special hole of forgetting memories (laughs) in my mind. I just kept stuffing them down that whole i mean i choose to forget but i still struggle with other things that came about as a result of this incident in reality i struggle with anxiety and low self-esteem i figured this was because i'm a shy person and yeah shy people get anxious all the time happy but it was beyond that for me i knew you know no matter how i choose as i grew older no matter how i choose to forget i knew there was still something that i needed to fix and there was just something i needed to deal with there was just something that needed if i wanted to if i wanted to um have have a wonderful life there's just something i needed to deal with i knew there was something that needed to be addressed and i had to face my demons i knew that i was lying to myself over the years i knew i had not healed it was time to reach down there and just yank out pull out pull out all those memories by their edges but i wasn't ready because each day i say okay busy it's time i just tell myself no no i'm not ready i'm not ready to deal with it i'm not ready and i knew beneath the playful and yeah the playful me and stuff i knew my mental health is barely hanging by a thread that is why you see when you hear that some people commit suicide and you're just like ah this person was just laughing yesterday now this was just this yesterday this person was looking fine yesterday there's a whole lot that goes beyond someone laughing and someone making jokes and someone playing around yes my my um myself when you see me it looks like i have everything together like i've got my my whole life in order but deep down i knew that no i was gonna break down sooner or later deep down i was sad and hungry so when you adopt unhealthy coping mechanisms they are avoidant coping mechanisms something is bound to happen and when it happens when it happens like when you finally decide to unleash itself like ah, 
what is it safe you've been keeping me in this place i want fresh air i want to come out i want you to see me i want you to face me it's you're not going to like it i'm talking from experience it's, it's really not a cool thing and so me what what really happened it happened after years it did happen this year i mean you'll be surprised because i was watching a movie and the movie scene was all i needed i just needed to watch that movie scene i had no idea that was gonna happen i had no idea that that scene was in that movie but it was just what i needed to watch and everything just came tumbling out everything just came rushing out i was not ready i wasn't ready because i never imagined i knew the day will come but that day will come will be me ready to face it that day will come will be me ready to face it no matter how painful it was but i never imagined that it was going to come a day when i least expected it that uh, so i didn't imagine a day will come that i'll have to deal with them made me realize that i was just lying to myself i didn't heal at all i had not healed because my healing was a facade that was created by me to mask my pain for three months i was a shadow of myself pain was unbearable for like it was just i can't describe the pain which was just so unbearable i wanted to die life became uninteresting nothing excited me anymore i hated myself i hated a lot of people I hated my family for not being open enough for me to be able to confide in them. I hated that my child was turned out. I hated being forced to be an adult at a young age, missing out on things my age mates did. I hated those who made fun of me due to my anxiety. People who didn't take me serious. People who, who overlooked me because I struggled from anxiety. I hated them. I hated those who took advantage of my low self-esteem and, and just tossed me around. I he said my life i he said my life for that three months i he said myself my life was a mess i eat myself in my room all day cut off all communications with my friends as each painful day passes all i could think about was killing myself committing suicide because it was so difficult I couldn't deal with it anymore. Everything seemed felt like they had sucked out. If you're familiar with the Harry Potter movie, there's this um there's this that these things they called dementors. Feel like I was living in a room filled with dementors. They had sucked out the happiness out of me. And the only thing that could give me that peace that I wanted was that like I think about was killing myself. My mental health was a mess. Sleeping became my safe place. Because when I slept, I forgot about everything for a while. I could shut out those voices. Waking up was a struggle. I didn't want to wake up. Sometimes I imagine like, okay, what if I just sleep and then I just pass away peacefully. I mean, I don't have to put my mother through the stress of saying, okay, I thought I committed suicide or I cut myself and I bled to death. At least, because... Waking up was a struggle. I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to hear those voices from my past. Being awake means I get to hear my own voice as I crowd out in pain and pleaded with my rapist to stop. 
so if i'm awake i keep believing those memories i keep seeing those images images that i thought i had forgotten being awake means i get to see space in my mind as a first himself inside me being awake means i get to see my mother's facial expression as she collapsed when she found out my father had emptied the account and left us with nothing i mean my father left us and i can remember that day when my mom came home with the news facial expression as she fell to the ground so being awake means i got to remember all those things being awake means i had to remember so many things and i did not want that i had I mean i had done a good job over the years forgetting these things kept them hidden i didn't want to remember i just want them to go back to where they were i just want to forget it i didn't want to deal with it so dying being dead meant i was never going to remember any of that so when you have underlying issues choosing to avoid them or forgetting about them it's nothing but trouble leaves behind this trail of unhealthy habits which can cause damage in the long run it creates stress causes anxiety and damages self-confidence so for that three months my life was a mess i there was just so many things i wanted to get rid of and i i I was just so confused i was tired i was more i was hungry i could never seen myself so angry before and I just kept telling myself, if I dealt with these things over the years, I would probably healed. But then, adopting the avoidant coping mechanisms it's, has really caused more, more damage than good. And I've always told myself that I can never be so, I can never, I can never think of committing suicide. But hey, for that three months that happened, that was the only satisfying thing in my life. I, I felt, and I'm understood people who commit suicide because it's it's more than it's more than a physical, it's more than it's more than a physical. It's more than things going well for you in areas of your life. I mean, a great family, a great career. These things go more beyond that. That sometimes all you crave is for is peace, and that peace can only get it by dying. Or being dead so for those three months it was just it was a struggle really it was really really a struggle and how did i deal with it i had to deal with it because i look at my mom i look at my siblings and i wasn't even thinking about them for the first month i wasn't thinking about them i was just thinking about myself that i just wanted to have peace i just wanted to have peace i just wanted to have peace and today i woke up i was struggling with it and I had to talk to I like, guess it was so bad and I go help talk to someone who I still talk to. Yes, who really helped me out of it and I had no idea that I could cry like that. Like I had so many tears I had like <laughs> sunk of water in my eyes and when I finally did talk about it, I mean I've never spoken to anyone about it. When I finally did talk about it it was an avalanche of emotions and i wouldn't say i'm fully healed but i can say i'm less i'm less suicidal i still struggle with my mental health every day but 
I'm proud to say I've made progress. So what was so the my short story is to point out that when you are going through everything, yours might not be you might not be a victim of sexual abuse or sexual violence or it might be domestic violence, it might be domestic abuse, it might be physical. So whatever it is you do, adopting the avoidant coping mechanisms is is really really bad. It is bad and for anyone struggling with their mental health, it is advisable to adopt healthy coping. Unhealthy and avoidant coping mechanisms are terrible. The long-term effect is terrible. And the way you adopt the unhealthy coping, you find yourself acting out. You are not even coping. We are giving in to pressure to misbehave, especially in children. I mean, children who have been sexually abused by uncles and aunties, you find them acting out and misbehaving. You have avoidance, like you mentally or physically avoiding, you mentally or physically avoiding potential source of stress, like I did. Like you're avoiding it, you don't want to talk about it. Denial, you're refusing to acknowledge the problem. You are separating yourself from part of your life, just like I did. Like I was trying to do anything that wants to remind me of that part of my life i shy away from it i don't want to have anything to do with it you distance you move away from the problem your emotionality like you just have frequent outbursts and extreme emotions fantasy oh yeah well maybe because i'm a writer but <laughs> i escape reality a lot of times into my own little world i created i mean i have best friends that my own my in my own little world so fantasy was a way of escaping from it's also part of the things i adopted while i was um using the avoidant coping mechanisms and help rejecting as people reject help passive aggression performing rituals patterns that delay dealing with the real problem provocation regression repression self-arming trivializing like you make something small what is really something big just like i did like i i toned down the enormity of of um of being raped and i felt yeah it's something big but it's all my fault it's, i have to deal with it myself so those are those are things that happen when you adopt avoidant coping you just find yourself consciously or subconsciously doing the following things i just listed out and so this mechanism may manifest as many different activities that do not contribute to the healthy and effective management of that problem some of these methods manifesting on healthy habits i mean when you do all these things you find yourself consuming too much caffeine smoke you drink to excess you spend like a compulsive spender you see it you spend on it your emotional eating like you just want to eat 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 there are also unhealthy coping methods that can be acted out through avoiding actions that trigger painful memories from the past that i did trying to stay under the radar to keep their defects from being found avoiding reality avoiding reality testing your thoughts especially if you're scared of the results trying to avoid the potential for people being mad at you because they're anxious about rejection 
acting violently, yelling at someone, avoiding certain physical sensations, especially to avoid panic attacks, not eating for long periods of time, drinking excessive, I mean, all the lot of things, biting your fingernails, throwing something, kicking, hang, you're angry, just want to sleep, you're taking Valium or other drugs. So all these coping mechanisms are all instinct ways to deal with one's problem. But they all result in added stress, pain, or difficulty. Although they may help in the short term, but practice over a long period of time, they will not help the individual effectively deal with their problems or reduce their stress. It never did help me. It never did until I faced it. That was it's until I faced it that I started my healing process. So now that we know what unhealthy coping is, what is the positive coping? Positive coping refers to coping styles or mechanisms that results in less stress, increased well-being, and effective handling of one's problem. So positive coping involves changing one's perspective or reframing the situation to view it as an opportunity instead of a problem. Positive coping generally requires a certain level of maturity and an ability to accept one's fault without resulting to self-blame. Like you feel like, okay, this is my fault. And I don't have to blame myself for it. Whatever happened is not my fault. So I don't have to blame myself for it. I don't have to feel bad because of it. But whoever did this to me is an asshole. Whoever did this to me is a terrible person and not me. And I think this 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 um speaks to most people who are victims of violence, either domestic or sexual or emotional. Like you get them blaming this and like I know it was my fault. I was the one who triggered it, I was the one who caused it it is it is you don't have to you don't have to blame yourself you don't have to resort to self-blame so it is possible to come out of stress because situations with greater ability to deal with stress and an enhanced capacity turning the negative into the positive and positive coping is how this can be accomplished so what are positive coping styles immediate i mean they include immediate problem solving like you just want to fix the immediate cause of the stress what is the root cause what exactly is it that is the root cause of the problem you look for the root cause solving you seek to fix the underlying problem for good you benefit finding or looking for the good amidst the bad spiritual growth finding ways to solve the problem in a way to grow spiritually or emotionally so Mechanisms that can contribute to this positive coping include adaptation, him inhibition, altruism, helping others to help the self, compensation, you're making up for a weakness in one area by gaining strength in another, crying. I mean, I can't overemphasize the importance of crying. I don't see crying as a sign of weakness. You, you're a man, you're a woman, you're a baby. You're an adult cry if you have to crying helps you heal it's it's kind like you seek comfort you cry and then you stand up and ready to start all over again ready to face the issue ready to face the problem identification copying others to take on their characteristics post-traumatic growth using the energy of your trauma for good substitution replacing one thing for another sublimation Channeling psychic energy into acceptable activities. Kindly note that not all of these mechanisms are necessarily positive, but they can be used in either positive or negative ways. Using them in positive ways may result in effective coping and personal growth. So, 
what are the other things you can do? Look at this copy method and styles and you're thinking, well, how can I translate all these activities into, how can I translate all these into activities that actually relieve stress? Well, you can meditate. Positive coping activities include meditating, stretching, listening to music, aerobic exercise, reading, going to the movies, health club, spending time alone, socializing with friends, just sitting outside, having some me time and relaxing, engaging in a hobby you enjoy and etc in addition to these positive coping mechanisms self-care is a valuable method of coping with stress there are many ways to practice self-care but some of the most popular types of self-care activities include getting a breath of fresh air snuggling under a cozy blanket sitting out there, sitting outdoors getting a massage cuddling with the pet paying attention to your breathing listening to music you know Doing all things, it could be pleasure, taking yourself how to eat, watching a movie, making art, your mental and mastery, like trying a new activity, immersing yourself in a crossword puzzle, doing a word search, med- attending church, reading poetry, meditating, listing things you are grateful for, accepting your feelings and being okay with it, practicing self-compassion, crying when you need to. Going for a walk or a run, dancing, ensuring you get enough sleep, taking a nap, stretching, going for a lunch, going on a lunch date with a good friend, calling a friend on the phone, joining a support group. So all this or asking a trusted friend or family member for help and support or sharing your thoughts with someone you trust. This one actually goes a long way and it helps you with the healing process. So it's also one of the one of the um positive coping mechanisms that actually i highly suggest like talking to a trusted family member for help and support so you can also write down or journal how you feel prioritizing self-care like exercising meditating and listening to music reducing your workload whether that load is physical mental or both using positive self-talk to overcome negative thought patterns taking time out from situations that make you feel stressed or angry Honing your communication skills to hold conflict from escalating, walking away if you have to, building your optimism to focus on the positive, learning to forgive, which help you move on from negative feelings like resentment, wonder, anger. So I should also add that what actually helped me heal or what is helping my healing process is I have to forgive, like I have to forgive all those people that really that hurt me including my rapists including my father who left us i had to forgive it was difficult but it was one of the things that helping my healing process like i just had to forgive because it helped me move on from all those negative feelings like resentment hurt and hunger and i practice gratitude to identify three good things from your day you can also adopt that like practice gratitude all the time what am i grateful for what is it that I need to be grateful for you write all these things down every day and then you see that gradually your life your life is improving so i mean i've listed out all the i've listed about unhealthy coping and positive coping and i would strongly advise that whatever it is you're going through always adopt the positive coping mechanism adopting the unhealthy one yeah it works short term long term but at the end of the day it's, it's bound to reveal itself and you're not going to like it so my hope is that um, there are so many ways to deal with pain. 
your stress and pain simply a matter of finding which ones work for you and which situations they are most effective my hope is that at least a few of these coping mechanisms and new additions to your coping skills while dealing with stress pain and suffering is unavoidable in this life being dragged down by these situations is not believe in your own ability to deal with it give a couple of these coping mechanisms a try and see if you can turn a negative situation into an opportunity for positive growth and that comes to the end of this topic mental health and coping mechanisms and i hope you had a great time as i did and um thanks to franca once again for giving me the opportunity to talk about this and <laughs> thank you so much have a great day and thanks for listening bye welcome back thank you all abc for stating the types of mental disorders thank you for telling us a lot and throwing more light into mental disorders and the struggle people go through and we don't prioritize our mental health in nigeria this is true or as blacks an average black person has jesus (laughs) that really got me yeah allah allah bc (laughs) yes we have jesus but you are in any kind of struggle with your mental health especially this clinical depression let me state it what is clinical depression a clinical depression is a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities causing significant impairment in your daily life or in our daily lives so don't go about uh, with your struggles and then you say i have jesus yes jesus is all powerful but you need to seek professional help you need to talk to someone you need help when you need help you need help when you're sick you need to take medication to get better yes so uh the whole of december was just going to be taking care of our mental health we're going to talk about it a lot throughout December. So, these are the types of mental health disorder you'll be expecting from Moji's diary, from our other guests. We're treating fully clinical depression, anxiety disorder, bipolar disorder, dementia. I'm really, really, really going to focus on this uh, schizophrenia. What is schizophrenia? Uh, a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, and behave clearly. Yes, there are many are mad, but few are actually showing it. Yeah, obsessive compulsive disorder (OCD) is common. This is a mental health issue. Excessive thoughts, obsessions repetitive behaviors compulsions these are ocds types of ocds and yes if you eat a lot you drink a lot all these obsessive behavior are a sign of mental health issue post-traumatic stress disorder ptsd many people go into this especially when they have experienced a terrifying event just like this uh, COVID-19, a lot of people lost their family members, their loved ones, and all of that. 
and then the end starts protest you need to seek help you need to come out you need to talk about your struggle yes and we downplay people's struggle a lot especially in nigeria when you try to tell your friend or as a black person when you try to tell your friend your struggles and they tell you bros they tell you that they tell you that they have way worse issues than you so yeah thank you for listening to my diary and on our next episode you'll be getting full information about the types of mental disorders stay tuned and have a wonderful time bye